Amen. Can we give a hand for God? Amen. I'll um, take you through a little journey with me, if you may, this morning. Um, I hope you're not disappointed that pastor is not up here, but we all serve the same God. The same God talks to us. We pray to the same God, and I feel like God has given me a word for my people this morning. Amen? Amen. So stay with me. Buckle your seatbelt. Get ready for the ride. There may be turbulence, but I promise you we are in this together. Amen. Can you say that with me? We are in this together. We are in this together. So if you come here on Sundays and Wednesdays and wherever, whatever other time you fellowship and you feel like that you're alone, then that's on you. Everybody say that's on you. That's on you. Because in here we are in this thing together. Together. Amen. Amen. Um, many of you know the testimony, um, how we got to this point. If you could turn me down just a little bit. I feel like I'm a little loud. Um, how I got to, to um, this title, um, about two months ago, my mom was in the hospital. They called and they said, the message that got to me was that she had fell. And so I already had it planned out. I said, I know her knee's bad. I know her knee is going to be messed up. She's going to need surgery. She's going to be upset about her knee. She's going to be embarrassed that she fell at work. I had this all mapped out. And so as I'm going to the destination, God had just moved all that day, and I had no clue that he was setting me up for this. So many of you know that on um, Sundays is a family day for us. We usually stick together. And on that day, um, I had stopped by Krista's house, and my daughter is attached to her, of course, so she wouldn't leave. And so they said, well, leave her here. And I was like, nah, not what I want to do. But they encouraged me with some air quotes. To leave her there. And then a few minutes later, I'll speed up the story. A few minutes later, Krista called and said, well, bring Dylan. Dylan wants to play with Jaden. Go ahead and bring him. So I reluctantly backtracked and went ahead and brought him. So my kids were taken care of. Can everybody say my kids, my kids were taken care of. And they were doing something that they don't normally do. So after that, I um, went on to the meeting that I was going to when I got the call. And I called back and I said, you're going to have to keep my kids. Because, you know, I, I don't know what to do. And immediately, the person on the other line who was Sister Krista, she said, I got this. Do you want me to meet you there? No, don't meet me there. She, I know it's her leg. I know that's what it is. Don't meet me there. So to make a long story short, I called one other person. And I, I want that to be very important. That the person I called, I knew, first of all, I knew they wouldn't overreact. I knew they would pray. And I knew they would be able to secure me. And secure me by keeping me in my right mind. So I called them. I said, I'm going 90 down the road to get to my mom. Can you just talk to me? They talked to me. We prayed. But when we got there, somebody say it was a different situation. It was a whole different situation that my mind wasn't prepared for, but my heart and my soul was. Amen. Amen. So to make a long story short, she was not breathing. She was not alert. They'd been doing CPR for 10 or more minutes. I am a CPR instructor, and I know you don't do CPR for 10 or more minutes. She was shocked four or five, some people say six times, we're not quite sure, but I had dinner with her the other day. She's going to work tomorrow. God showed up, but not only did he show up, but he showed out. So why am I telling you all this? Because in all that I give God praise, I give God thanksgiving, 
He let me keep my mom just a little bit longer. I asked him for more time, and he did that for me. But I wasn't in this state all those three or four days in the hospital. And I want you to know that we are the same in that. I'm not a superhero or a superwoman. We are the same in that. There was a time or two where somebody had to pick me up off the floor. There was a time or two when somebody had to wipe my tears. There was a time or two when somebody had told me it's not over. It's just beginning. So I don't want you to think when we come up on this stage that we got it all together because we don't. So after that, I obviously had the victory and we had planned to go on vacation and I tossed and turned and I felt like God wanted me to go. So I went ahead and went with the five of us and um, when we got there, I felt so low. And I was so discouraged in myself. I said, I should be happy. I should have the victory. I should be shouting because my mom is here. But I felt so low. So I called one of my doctor friends and I began to tell them what was going on. And she told me, she said, that's PT, PSTD. Let me say it right. Yes. <laughs> she said, that is post-traumatic stress disorder. And I said, no, that's not it. She said, are you waking up with nightmares? I said, yeah. She said, are you having that picture in your mind? I said, yeah. She said, can you hear the nurse calling your name when the machine goes off? I said, yeah. She said, well, that's just exactly what that is. And I said, look at me. I'm hours away. I'm here with my family, supposed to be having fun. But every time I wake up, I see those tubes in her throat. Every time I wake up, I hear those machines. And I was struggling. Can somebody help me say struggling? I was struggling. And I, it came to me. I said, God, I can't do this. This is not something that I can carry for seven days. God, I just can't. God, I give up. God, I give in. God, I need you. I kept saying those things over and over. And he dropped this to me. He said, you have post-testimony stress detox. So anybody who knows Latin and knows different words, post means after. Testimony is what we give after a victory. Stress, we know we have that. But detox, anybody been on a detox? Not to be gross or anything, but we know everything comes out. So I said, God, I, I can claim that kind. I can claim that PS. I can claim that one. I can claim that post-testimony post stress detox. And that's what I've been doing for the last eight weeks. I've been claiming the victory. I've been going to war with the devil. I've been winning. I've been sharing the testimony of the goodness of God. I've shared it at the gas station. I've shared it with the, I went to Starbucks the other day, and they said, you're not getting two drinks? I said, you know, I didn't tell you. My mom, this is what happened. She said, oh, my goodness. Is that the glory of God? I said, that's my post-testimony. That's my detox. That's how I'm going to come out of this because God, the devil is not going to hold me bound when God has given us the victory. Amen? Amen. So if you can put up the title this morning, it is simply, there's a war going on. And I'm not talking about the wars that we've seen that are so important on the news and Dateline and all that, but I'm talking about the war when you open your eyes in the morning. I'm talking about that war when you plant your feet down. I'm talking about that war when you get out the shower to a new day. I'm talking about that war when the doctor gives you a bad report. I'm talking about that war when your kids are struggling. I'm talking about that war when your son is in jail. I'm talking about that war when your boyfriend isn't doing right. That's the war we're in right now. Anybody in a war? So we know that in a war, we have to fight. And so that's the journey I want you to take with me today. I want you to fight. I want you to fist fight. I want you to put on your boxing gloves. I want you to kick. I tell Alana all the time, if somebody grabs you, you kick, you bite, 
you shove, you scream, you do whatever you have to do to get away from them. So that's what I want you to do this week, this month, this year, 2022. I want you to fight the devil. I want you to scratch him. I want you to bite him. I want you to uppercut. I want you to block him. I want you to do whatever, however you fight, that's what I want you to do. Trust God that he's in control. We're going to go to James 1 and 6. It says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown, tossed to and fro. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, not in some of your ways, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. It didn't say he would take the path away. It didn't say that he said he would make it straight, which means a way for you to get through it. Amen. So that's why I want you to fight. Trust in where he wants you to build relationships. We know that when you have a boyfriend or you're starting to court or date, as they may say, Trust is that building block. Without trust, there's no, there's no foundation. There's nowhere to you to stand. So you say, I believe in God. I'm saved. But you don't trust him. But you can't lean on him. A lot of times, Alana will be up on a step or something, and Andre will say, fall, fall to me. And she'll second guess herself. <laughs> she'll think about it for a minute before she gives in. But then she knows that's her daddy. She knows he's not going to let anything happen to her. She knows those things, so it's easy for her to give in and to jump and to leap or whatever he's asking her to do because that's her daddy. Well, God is your daddy. He's your father. He's your lover. Fall into him. Rest in him. Trust him, knowing that he is in this fight with you. He didn't leave us here alone without any weapons. He left us with everything we need. But just like it was when I was in that hospital room and I can hear those beeps and the machines and see my mom's chest go up and down, that wasn't easy. Fighting is not easy. There's going to be some sweating. There's going to be some blood. There's going to be some tears, some scrapes. You may leave with bruises. You may have some things that are broken. I'm not here this morning to give you a shiny tale to tell you that everything's going to be great because we are fighting. We're in this fight and we must fight together. Number one, I said, was trust God that he's in control and rely on him. He wants you to bring those things to him, whether it's your job, your finances, whatever it is, bring it to him and not take it out on other people. So we're bringing it to God and not taking it out on your coworker. They didn't do nothing to you, but you just got a stanky attitude. You're taking it out on your kids. They didn't do anything to you, but you just, your money's a little bit low. That don't have nothing to do with them. So take it to God and not out on anyone else. Can we do that? Take it to God and not out on anyone else. Secondly, gather wisdom and know what to do with it. So we know some wise people. We can say so-and-so is wise. This person's wise, smart, intelligent. But with that wisdom, you have to know what to do with it. The best example I can give you is you've heard these people, they come to your door and they say, hey, you want to make $5,000? That's what I make. I make $5,000 every two weeks. But you look like you have a stolen bike. Your clothes are dirty. You don't have any dental plan, I can tell. So how am I going to trust you that your job makes five? That's, it just doesn't make sense. Some things that happen in your life, you have to say, that just doesn't make sense. 
and use the wisdom that God has given you to push forward and to move forward into your destiny. That's just one example of, of something or someone that you, you just can't quite fit it in. Let's go to Proverbs 4, 6, and 7. It says, do not forsake wisdom. In my version, it says, don't skip it. Don't blot it out. Don't move it to the side. Don't think you know. Don't take a shortcut. Get understanding, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. And that, as a woman, that means something to me. That if I have wisdom, that wisdom will love me. That wisdom will watch over me. That wisdom will guide me. Do I do everything right? No, but I have a chance to. I serve a God who gives me a second chance to get it right. He doesn't condemn me or condone me like humans do, but he gives me that chance to make it right, to get it right. And not only does he do that, but he sends people my way. Amen? He sends people my way to do that. See, he tells us to seek that, so we have to know that that must be important. Fighting fires. Let's talk about fighting fires for just a second. Those fires may be your situations, your problems, and your disappointment, but it takes wisdom to fight a fire. Have you ever fought a grease fire with water? We know that you can't fight. There's a special way you have to fight a grease fire, and in researching and developing that, a grease fire has to be smothered, contained, most of the time, you use baking soda or flour, something that will contain it. Because if not, you're just going to flame, flame, flame. It's going to just keep overwhelming you and get bigger and bigger. You must suffocate it and take the oxygen away. Otherwise, it may spread. I'm here to tell you to suffocate your problem. Suffocate your situation. Suffocate that ordeal in your life that you say, God, how do I suffocate that? I give it to him. I allow him to be that covering over it. A lot of times on grease fires, if they're small, they tell you to put a lid on it. That's the quickest thing you can do. That's accessible. That is your weapon. These weapons, they may seem a little different, but it's the outcome that we are looking for. Amen? Amen. So when we're fighting fires, we must smother them. Gather wisdom and not only gather it, but be ready to show up for the fight. There's a lot of people say, meet me in the park at 4 o'clock. You go to the park. Where are you at? You was big and bad enough to set the appointment, but you didn't show up. We're not going to be like that at Deliverance Temple. When God, when the devil says fight, we're going to say where? Where we're at? How do I get there? Where you want to meet? What are we fighting with? Are we fighting with the hands? Are we using weapons? Are we using words? When the devil comes at you, he knows you. Do you know that the devil knows you? The devil has watched you. Oh, okay. Okay, Ruthie goes down this street every morning. She turns here. She does this. She stops for coffee. He's watched you so that he can send those stumbling blocks, so that he can send those mountains. But when she gets up in the morning, she says, I serve a God of creation. I serve a God bigger than this devil. I serve a God bigger than any dilemma. I serve a God who is on my side. He is with us, and he is just waiting to say, where you want me to show up now? Now, I, I fight kids, I tell people. So if you tell my son or my daughter you're going to meet them at Westside at 4, I'm coming too. I fight kids. And that's how you need to be with the devil. I fight the devil, but I fight his kids, which are his demons and his devils that he has assigned to me. I fight them too. Gather wisdom and be ready to show up for the fight. A boxer, we know when a boxer comes out, he comes out, he has his music, 
He has his anthem. He has his robe on. He has his belt a lot of the times. But he doesn't go into the ring with those unnecessary things. When he goes in the ring, he has on shorts. He has some things to block his ankles. He has a mouth guard. He goes into the ring ready. He goes into the ring trained. He doesn't go into the ring walking, eating a granola bar. He's trained. He's dieted. He's weighed in. He's done all this preparation. Why? Because he knows there's a fight coming. A lot of times a boxer, they, they say that they don't even know when their next fight is, but they have to be ready. They call me today, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight with the scriptures. I'm ready to fight with my pew mates to have us bind together and pray over something. We have to be ready for the fight. They show up trained mentally and physically, but most important, they show up with a trainer. We know we bought these fights. What are they, $69.95? They're probably $100 right now. But we bought those fights, and we've had the food and the popcorn, but there's never been a fight where there hasn't been a trainer. And what does that trainer do? That trainer is in the corner, and that trainer is giving wisdom. He's saying he's a little short with his left hook, so you might get the right right there. You need to put your block into the left. His left foot is a little, little wobbly, so that, that'll be it. He's telling him what he sees from the outside with a clear vision. He's not going to get anything, gain anything from that. So when your friends tell you, hey, I don't think that's quite right. God showed me this and I don't. Listen, because that's your trainer. When your pastor says, no, I don't think you should take that job. It is more money. It is, you're going to miss church. You're going to miss. I don't think. Listen, because that's the trainer God has sent. It may not be the voice you hear from heaven like you want to hear that sweet godly voice, but it's in the person speaking through. God is speaking through them. So a trainer, he goes to that fight and he's fighting with all his might. He's fighting like that's the last fight of his life. And that's what we have to do when we wake up each and every day. This, if this is my last fight, let it be my best fight. Let it, let me give all my all to this fight. If this is my last, is this where I'm going to end up? Let them be able to say Devin fought. Devin used the scriptures. Devin used the word. Devin used her pastor. Devin used her church. Devin had that church backing her, and she was able to fight the demons and the devils that were coming against her. The third is to control and contain the sources of the fight. Control and contain the source. We have these things on our phone um, called Find My iPhone. I use it to find and to track my children, let's just be honest. And so we have those things. I'm telling you to look for war zones. You know that that's a trigger when you go to the club. Then you, that, That's something you can't do. You know it's a trigger. My trigger is Target. I go in there for a toothbrush. And my cart is full. I got the kids holding stuff. And the man's pulling it. I, I came in here for a toothbrush. So that's my trigger. Find out what your trigger is. And find out not only is this my trigger, but this is how I'm going to fight when this trigger happens. Yeah. Amen? Amen. I tell you a little story um, that one of my mentors told me about a person who was in a mental hospital. And they said in order to get out, there's certain tests, obviously, in a mental place that you have to pass. Well, in the 1950s, they didn't have all this electronic thing, so they would give them a test and they would lock them in a room. They would turn on the water and shut the door. They said, in that room, there's a mop and a bucket. Do what you will. 
So the lady explains that she's telling the story that she'd tried six times to get out and, and wasn't able to. And so the man is asking her, you know, well, what did you do in order to get out and how did you get out? She said, well, I grabbed the bucket and as soon as I grabbed the bucket, they pushed the alarm and said, nope, take her back to her room. She said the next time she said, I got it, I put towels in front of the threshold so the water wouldn't leave the room. They pushed the button, said, no, you're, you're just not ready, you're not prepared. She said, I got it. I called for my friends who were in the ward to come with me and help me. You know, it's a lot of water. So she said she began to give them buckets and mops. And they told her, nope, nope, that's not it. She said, I've called for help. I've used all the tools that you've given me. And still, for six times, six years, they kept turning her away. She said, I'm willing to stay here. I'm willing to live my life here if you tell me what I'm doing wrong. They put her in the room, and they said, you didn't turn off the water. All she had to do was shut off the source, and she would have been able, she would have been able to understand that in life, there's going to come trials. There are going to come things that are outside of those four walls, and she's going to have to be able to stop the source. Stop your source this morning. What is your source? What is the thing that's overflowing in your life? That is keeping you from your highest potential in the kingdom. That is keeping you from your highest potential volunteering at Deliverance Temple. Keeping you from your highest potential seeing the sick recover. What is keeping you from your... All she had to do was go to the source and turn it off. She complained that they didn't give her enough time to mop up the water, to get the towels, to get her friends. And he said, none of that matters if you don't know to cut off the source. Number five, we need to turn off the water. If she could understand that life outside this ward is not going to be a controlled situation. That circumstances that God is wanting to handle for you. And all you have to do is reach out to him. You know, we can quote scriptures and we can talk about Noah and the ark and two by two and the animals. And we can speak in tongues and we can talk about the three Hebrew boys, but when it comes down to it, you got to have some real word. The devil's not going to flee because you told him that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. He knows that. He's got that story in his Bible collection. You have to come up with something else. You have to be able to tell him, I'm a child of God and there's nothing you can do to harm me. You have to be able to tell him, my mind is in a state where God is using it every day. You have to be able to have that faith and proclaim to him, to the devil, what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Amen? We must control and contain the devil. Fourth, sorry guys, I got you a little off when I said five. Fourth, we ha you have to defend yourself. You can't fight a fight laying down. You can't fight a fight laying down. You're going to have to put some effort into it. I understand, like I said, I, I believe I had a form of that disorder, but I had to get up. I had to face the day. Andre would say, do you want to go eat with us? My inner, inner, inner being was saying, no, I want to put this blanket over my head. But I had to step out. Where do you want to go? Where are we going? How are we getting there? When are we going? What are you going to wear? You have to be able to, I had to get myself together and get up and get ready to fight. Like I said, I wasn't always in this state. There were some times where I had to shake myself. Sometimes you just have to shake yourself and let yourself know, I got this. 
we got this. God's got this. And with those three, hey, I'm going to get through this. I don't know how long it's going to take, so don't bother me in asking. Amen. But I'm going to get through this. So you have to defend yourself. And a lot of times I know um, in the streets they, I, they say this, and I've been telling the devil this for the last eight weeks. And what did I say? Eight weeks, two days, four hours, three minutes. I've been telling the devil this. You don't want no smoke. That, that's, that's not what you want. You don't want this. I, I, you're going to have to take that somewhere else because you don't want this. Because I'm a person that's not going to take this lying down. Get up and give God praise. Get up, call, seek wisdom, find someone who can help you. Stop laying down. You can't wait. Your life depends on this. You are the only one that's going to be able to help you. So you have to seek that. Whether it be calling your friend, whether it be calling a coworker. Maybe you need to call into work and take a mental health day. Maybe that's just what you need to do to shake yourself and get it together. You have to tell the devil, I'm going to fight. And you have to walk. How am I going to walk? By living my vision. By walking in grace. By climbing mountains. By fighting for my children. By fighting for my family. You want this family? You have to fight for it. By reading God's word. You cannot fight this laying down. You have to fight with me. I can't fight without you, and you can't fight without me. You're not here by chance. You just didn't happen to be in Muncie, happen to be on 2nd Street, happen to come at 11 o'clock. There's a reason you're here today, tomorrow. There's a reason you were here last week. So we have to be in this fight together. I'm willing to fight with you. Are you willing to fight with me? Let's give the devil the business. Let's tell the devil, this, this ain't deliverance temple. This ain't what you want, devil. You, you can't handle us. We, we, we're binding together. We're living our vision. We're committing to serve. Andre's leaving his family for a whole week. Andre's leaving the church for a whole week to connect with his creator, to communicate. Oh, you don't want this. This is just not what you want. Uh, I was dealing with someone the other day, and it was about money. And most of you know I like my money. I mean, I work hard for my money, so I like to play hard, too. So when somebody dealing with my money that's not quite right, I get offended. And someone was trying to tell me what to do with my business, and I had to think, you know, sometimes people make you think you're crazy. And so I had to think, that's my name on the wall. That's my name on that LLC. That's my name on that insurance. So you can't tell me how to run this. And that's the same thing you have to do with the devil. That's my name that God wrote in blood. That's my name in the kingdom. That's my name at Deliverance Temple. That's my name on the prayer list. You have to tell the devil, that's my name. And, and Christ stands behind me and beside me and around me. So if you're dealing with me, you're dealing with him. And I don't think you want that smoke. I just don't think you want that. Amen? Amen. Let's do Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. Finally, finally, after you've done everything, after you gave up and gave in, after you've cried, after you've sweated, after you've screamed, after you've hollered, after you've crawled, after you've laid in the fetal position, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And then the power, it doesn't say in the power of my might, because sometimes I don't have that to give. Anybody ever been on empty and somebody asking you for something? I'm on empty. I'm out of grace. <laughs> I'm out of mercy. I'm out of love right now. 
You've been on empty before and somebody's asking you for something, so it says at his might. So that means I, I can draw from him. That means he has enough for me to draw from him. Many of you know I'm in school and things are due at 11.59. And at 11.57, I'm thinking, hmm, if I don't do this, I can get 20 points because I showed up to, in, the, in, the, in the last hour. I can draw from him. God, give me what to say. God, let me type what I need to type. God, give me favor with the professor. I'm that crazy that I ask God for those things. With five to ten minutes to spare, I ask God for those things. And how many know I graduate in two weeks? Amen. Amen. Because we serve an awesome God. We serve a God that thinks about, if his eye is on the sparrow, of course, it's a given that he thinks about me, that he wonders, I wonder how Devin's going to do her hair this week. I wonder what perfume I should put on sale that she really, really likes. I wonder how I can encourage her by making the person in front of her pay for her Starbucks who wasn't even thinking about paying for anything. I wonder how I can make her cash app ding. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder why. Because I trust him. Because I lean on him. Because at my weakest point, I have a pew mate there to say, no, 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 I'm not going to let you do that. You're not going to fall out. You're not going to be on empty. I got something in reserve. Draw from me. I want us to be a church where we can draw from each other. I want us to be a church where you don't have it, I got it. And if I got it, you got it. Amen? Amen. That's the kind of church we're building here. The devil's goal is to drive you far, far away from the things of God. And he uses everyday devices. He uses that fine man at the gas station when you know you're married and got 12 kids and he keeps winking and blinking at you. He uses all kind of devices. He uses that promotion that's going to move you away, that's going to take from you, that's going to leave you. He uses the things that are shiny. You know the man ain't no good. He's never been good, but it's attraction you have to him. Ooh, I like a rough. I like him rough. I like those gang. No, you don't. You never had a gentleman. You never had nobody open the door for you. You never had anyone pay your meal. That's why you think you know what you like. But what should we do? We should seek wisdom. We should seek wisdom. I know I like them dark. I know I like them that wear suits. You know what I'm getting at here? That's what I like. I remind myself what I like so that I'm not deterred by the gas station man. So I'm not deterred by the milkman. I remind myself what I like. I like a pastor. You see what I'm saying? 22 years, I like someone who can keep themselves together. I like someone who knows how to communicate. You see what I'm saying? I remind myself what I like. Somebody said, well, I fell, you know, I fell out of love. Not that you can't have those feelings, but you can't stay concrete, cemented in them. You can't do that. That's not what you can do. So the lady was telling me, she said, you know, I fell out. How, how did we get to this point? She said, I fell out of love. Well, 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 how did you fall out of love? What do you like? Well, I just don't like him anymore. We, you know, we grew apart. And I just don't like, well, remind yourself who he is. Find out who he is. And remind yourself what you like. So that that will be rooted and grounded in the spirit. Amen? So we have to tell him what he like. You must put your hands up and block some of these blows. Some things the devil's going to hit you with and you're going to fall out. But it doesn't have to be, what do they call it, a TKO? It doesn't have to be a total knockout. 
I'm not saying that you won't fall. I'm not saying that you won't break anything. I'm not saying that you won't have, you won't suffer. I'm not saying any of those things. But I'm saying you can get up. You can get up. When I was in that waiting room at, after screaming and hollering and the different things that they tell me I did, I had to call. I kept saying, get up. May May, you got this. May May, get up. Mama, I'm waiting on you. Mama, wake up. My, those are things I kept saying. Did I believe them? I can't tell you. But I was speaking it. I was speaking into the atmosphere. I was speaking into my soul. I, I know what I wanted, and I just had to ask God for it. Does it always happen like that? No, we all know it doesn't happen like that. But I had to keep fighting, and I had to keep defending myself. Number five, encourage yourself. There's going to be a time where I'm not going to answer. There's going to be a time where we say, I leave you on read. There's going to be a time when your sister just doesn't pick up. There's going to be a time where that job, that boss just doesn't answer. You have to be able to, you have to have some word in you to encourage yourself. If the only word that you know in the Bible is Jesus wept, I believe he'll honor that. If that's sincerely the only thing you know, I believe he'll honor that. If the only thing you know is by his stripes I'm healed, I believe he'll honor that. I am crazy enough to believe that our God is sovereign, he's graceful, he's merciful. And if you reach out to him, what do they say? If you take one step, he'll take two. To just to be in your life, because that's what he desires. He's a jealous God. He's jealous of your job, jealous of your friends. Why? Because he wants that relationship with you. He wants you to be able to say, hey, hey, that was Andre calling me. I heard Andre. I, I think I, he's supposed to be at work, but I think I heard him because I know his voice. When he's coming down the steps, oh, now sometimes I can't tell with my kids, but I know when Andre's coming down. Oh, that's Andre. Because I have that relationship with him. Because I know him. Somebody asked me this morning, they said, Andre's gone. You're going to have a nice week. You're not going to have to cook and make meals and clean some of that I don't do anyway. But you know, I'm not going to have to cook and make meals and clean. I said, no, you know what? It kind of bothered me a little bit that I'm not going to have my sidekick for seven, six or seven days. That I'm not going to be able to lean on him for six or seven days. We all know he won't be there in the physical, but he's there for me. But that's hard. And that's how you should be when you're getting away from God or the things of God or something. You ever been in a situation, something just don't seem right. I went to the, the P.O. box the other day, and it just didn't seem right. I told Dylan, I said, stay in the car for a minute. It just doesn't seem right in here. And when I stepped into the post office box, there was a person in there. And it scared me <laughs> for a minute because she wasn't supposed to be in there. But something just didn't feel right. And so I spoke and did what I had to do. But when you're in those situations and you have God on the inside of you and you feel that that's just not you or what you ate the night before, that is God leading and directing and nudging you. So encourage yourself. Let's go Romans 16, 20, and I'm about done. Romans 16, 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Now, that seems like a, 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 an ending to something or a sincerely yours. Can we put that up again? It seems like the ending, it says, God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of God be with you. You understand what I'm saying? So he'll crush it and then he says, go on. I got this. Go on. I got this. Amen. 
1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. I've overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's no problem too big for God that he can't solve and that he can't make a way for you to get through. Think about that thing in your life, that source that you need to just turn off. You just need to turn off. However you have to do that, it may take you some time, but you might just have to turn that off because the mop buckets and the towels, they're just not getting it. Like in that mental world, they just weren't getting it. It was too much when she should have just turned off the source. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident. I'm confident in a couple things. I'm confident that I'm a Mitchell because I'm married to Mitchell. I'm confident that my name is Devin because that is on my birth certificate. I'm confident of my age, although I don't look it. I'm confident of a lot of things. Being confident. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing, whatever your thing is. Being confident of my children. Being confident of my future husband. Being confident of my future wife. Being confident of my finances. That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. He won't perform it until Friday. He won't perform it just in 2020, but forever. I'm waiting on him to perform some things and promises in my life. I'm waiting to see some seeds that I planted and water grow. Amen. Knowing that on the other side of obedience and faith is no lack. On the other side of this trial, the song says, I'll be a better person. On the other side of this testimony, I'll be great and grand so that I can help someone else. You have to tell the devil, I tell him every morning, I'm a child of God. And I'm not just saying that, I really mean it. Just like I'm a child of Debbie and Chucky, I'm a child of God. And there's certain things that I'm not going to allow you to do. I'm not going to allow you to change my attitude for no reason. I'm not going to allow you to make me be moody for no reason. I'm not going to allow you to take my job or my business that I've worked for. There's certain things I tell the devil that I'm just simply not going to get in and not lay down and let him take. Because I know he doesn't want this. This is not something you want. You might want it on the person who doesn't do anything, who lays around, doesn't fight a fight, and gives in. You might want it from them, but from Deliverance Temple, this is just not what you want. And, and I tell the devil a lot, and I tell my kids, I pray too hard to lose you. And what do I mean lose them? I pray too hard to lose them to the streets. Many of you know my testimony of infertility, and I say that that's not all my testimony, but that is a big part of it because I have three children, and you may be wondering how that all happens. But that's not the end of my story. I'm, I'm not just that. Beyond that, I'm a child of God. And Andre always tells the story, and he um, explains his part of it. But how many know a woman's part is just a tad bit, just a tad bit different? When he talks about miscarriages and things, he knows some of it. But the feelings, the emotions, the loss, there's some things, I don't care how much you tell a man, but they just not going to know. There's some things they just not going to know. And the same in Christ. There's just some things that those people of the world, they're just not going to understand. Why do you go to Deliverance Temple every week? Why do you try to be on time every, why is it so important for you to be there for praise and worship? Because I serve a true and a living God. Because I could have lost my mind. 
it was a uh, it was it was it, it was a little struggle not to say yes to Andre when he asked me because there's a lot of things that I would do for him. But it was a struggle um, coming up here. It's a different, you know, Bishop is gone. And sitting in that seat every Sunday is difficult. Some of you don't have that vantage point. But sitting in that seat and not seeing him sitting in front of me, asking for a mint, asking for water, asking where my kids are. (laughs) What's that praise song? What's the name of this? That's very, very hard. And so coming up here, the last time I spoke, I was speaking for him because he was going on his trip. So it was kind of difficult. And so every day I was encouraging myself of how I was going to get up here and keep it together. And how I was going to get up here and deliver what God wanted me in his honor. And I say in his honor because Bishop did to me like he did for so many other people. He saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And um, he, he wanted me to preach more than I do or that I'm going to. He wanted me to do that more because he kept saying, you're cutting it off too soon. I know you have more notes. I know you do. I know you have more notes. You just didn't finish. They can stay past one. I don't know why we get out and land that early anyway. They can stay past one. Well, tell me what you was going to tell them. It was a lot of the things. um, So that made it pretty, pretty hard for me. And so I had to encourage myself. And I had to tell myself, this is where he would want me to be. So how did I defend myself? How did I block? How did I encourage myself? I had to pick myself up and say, this is what I'm doing. Devil, you're not going to get the glory from this. This is what he would want me to do. And why am I doing it? Because he would want us together. He would want us together. He would want us to live our vision. So as I was saying, I tell my kids this, um, you know, I pray too hard to lose you to the streets. I've asked God for too much in my infertility to lose you to drugs and alcohol. For you to be a, not be respectful, I pray too hard. I fasted too much. I turned down too many burgers just for you to act up. No, that's not what we're doing. That's the kind of detail that you have to give to the devil. Am I talking to the kids? Yes, but I'm really talking to the devil or the devices that he's using. You have to be specific. Tell the devil the date, the time, the when, the where, where he can come, where he can't come. You have to be ready to tell the devil those things. Amen. Number six, don't give up. Now, giving up and giving in, I use those words interchangeably. I'll say don't give up. I'll say don't give in. But as I got to researching it, God kept bringing that back to me. I said, let me look up the definition. So let's go don't give up. Don't give up. To stop trying, to stop believing, to allow someone to take what belongs to you. Now let's flash Don't give in because those are two different things to stop fighting, to stop self to stop self control of a feeling or a situation to submit to pressure. So now that you know what those two things mean, don't use them interchangeably, which means don't use one for the other, but use both. So we're going back to say, don't give up and don't give in. So when you give up to something, you kind of you allow yourself to be moved by that. So I don't want you to give up to the devil, and I don't want you to give in to the devil. We're not giving the devil no ground and allowing him to do anything of that in our lives. He wants us to stop trying and stop believing in the God that we serve. He wants us to allow someone or something to take what belongs to us. He wants us to submit to pressure. The devil is not worthy of that. 
The devil is not getting any ground. But let me tell you, after I've told you how to fight, I hope, and I've told you how to defend yourself, and I've told you you must block the devil because he's going to be there. Luke 4.13. Because it's not done. It's not over. When you leave here, there's going to be things. When you go to work tomorrow, there's going to be things. It's not over. It says, when the devil has finished all this tempting, he left them until an opportune time. It didn't say he left them and he was done. It didn't say he left them and he, they got the victory and they rode on a horse and it was a white picket fence and they lived happily ever after. That's not what it says. Until the next appointed time. So what the devil's waiting. Okay, she's coming. Let me get her here. I know she's by herself. That's the perfect time. Hey, I know she's with that person and they're not going to hold her up. That's the perfect time. Hey, I know she's at this job. Nah, that's the perfect time. Don't allow the devil to back you in a corner and make you give up and give in because we are fighting here. And if you're going to be a part of Deliverance Temple, if your name is on the roll, you're going to have to fight. And if you're not fighting, you better be blocking. And if you're not fighting and blocking, you better be praying because the devil is busy. And at this church, we're not going to allow him to take the grounds. We're not going to allow him to think he has the upper hand. We are going to fight. Amen. Amen. Don't give up. Don't give in. Encourage yourself. Take control of the situation. Smother it. Turn it off. Do whatever you need to do. Call someone. Do what you need to do to withstand the devil. Because we're in a fight. It's wartime. I'm ready. Amen. Let us stand. <clears throat> Let's go into our communion. Didn't we enjoy the word? Yes. Amen. And this is how we fight. We remember the victory that was already won for us. Let's go through our verses. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave it to them and said, take, eat. This is my body. So let's take the bread and let's eat together. Next verse. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. Let's drink. Reminding ourselves of the body and the blood. Final verse. And he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Amen. 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 Um, my, my daughter's going to pray us out of here, so... Let's bow our heads and we can pray. Dear God, we thank you for this church and what we've become. And thank you for what you've done. Amen. 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 God bless you.